Welcome back to another episode of the Aim For You Ladies podcast, where we focus on self-acceptance, our mindset, and living our best life. I'm your host, Sophia Tuckett. The weather has been so beautiful. I have my window open as I record, so if you hear some birds, I am not closing my window. I am feeling this weather. The sun has been perfect. For all of you that are here with me, thank you for being here. Today's episode is nothing like I've ever done before. Before I dive into the details of today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Rate and review the podcast either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm happy you're here. Today's show is based on Melissa Bishop's journey to becoming a three-time Olympian in the 800-meter track and field. She is a Canadian Olympian, and because I'm Canadian, I thought, hey, what's going on with the Olympics when I first thought of having a Canadian female Olympian on the show? I did my research, came across Melissa's profile, and I said, She's the one I wanted to reach out to and she was so welcoming and I'm grateful to have her on the show sharing her story, her experience on the journey of motherhood. There's so many nuggets of inspiration Melissa shares, so stick around to the end and let's get into it. Melissa. You have accomplished so many accolades in such a short amount of time with being an Olympian. And I want to just hear your story on how you even had the desire to go to the Olympics and what brought you there. You know, my journey, the Olympics was this seed, little tiny seed planted in my head when I was just beginning to play soccer at the age of I don't know, six or eight. And I've had this natural running ability. My coach, my first soccer coach, he, he saw me running on the field and, you know, I kicked the ball and then I would run down and I beat everybody past the ball and everybody chasing it. And he said, you're going to go to the Olympics one day. You're a great runner. You run like a deer. And that was it. The dream was born. I was going to the Olympics and not having known at that point, or really for a very long time, what it would take to get to the Olympics, what it would be like, the amount of time and sacrifices that you would have to make along the way. It was just, you know, I was an Olympic sport fanatic from a young age. I love watching the Olympics. The person I looked up to in the Olympics was Deanne Cummins. I'd watch her run the 800 meters on my couch at the cottage. And it just further ingrained in me, like, I want to do this. I really, I want to be an Olympian. And I actually had the amazing opportunity to run with Deanne in the early part of my career and the later part of her career. And she became a great mentor for me through all of that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, she was, she, she's amazing. I I just love Deanne. She's, she really set the tone for 800 meter running in Canada. Okay. Um, so with that seed being planted, you were speaking a little bit about, you know, the sacrifices you had to make. Just touch on, if you can, the amount of discipline you had to lean into to be consistent. So I will say, I don't think I learned the discipline, nor did I need it, to okay. be truthfully honest, nor did I need it 
at such a young age, I didn't really learn what I needed to become an Olympian or follow through on it until I was through university and into university. So I was a multi-sport athlete growing up. I played many things and I think each sport just benefited the next, you know, I was fit from soccer and running in the, in the summer. And then I played hockey all winter and volleyball and basketball. And there just was overlap. And I was allowed to, you know, explore all of those energy systems without even knowing I was, I could use Mm -hmm. my body in different ways. I could, you know, I, and I was given the opportunity, the fortunate opportunity to be able to do that. And so without really knowing it, I kind of gained this skill of time management, which then kind of rolled over into discipline. And it wasn't until I reached university where I became a single focused sport athlete. I was just focusing on track and field. I was playing hockey and track and field quite competitively up until grade 12. Went to university, became a single sport athlete, but was also carrying the the university student lifestyle. And so you really mm-hmm. had to learn how to time manage because being on a on a varsity team can be quite busy. You're gone almost every weekend competing. That's half the fun of it. But you also had to keep up your grades. And when I became a more senior athlete and I was getting ready to graduate, my times were starting to come down. And I realized that little changes in my sleeping habits, changes in my nutrition, Like if I could eat, you know, more balanced meals, more water, like small little things I learned that made a difference really started to click near the end of university. And then by the time I was out of university and I committed to trying to make the Olympic team, then it really, my mind shift uh, shifted to what do I need to do for my training day to day? What do I need to do for a workout and how am I fitting the rest of my life around it? And then that kind of became my mindset for the next decade. And so it was first and foremost, what did I have to do for a workout? Where and when was it? And then how did I fit everything in? And to be truthfully honest, I I can't fit everything in. You can't fit everything in. I've had to miss some really big celebrations. I've had to miss some social things that I don't really wish I couldn't have missed or I didn't have to miss. Um but I knew that if I wanted to be and fulfill my dream of being on the Olympic podium, that that's what I needed to do for me. And that may not work for everybody, but that's what worked for me. And so it was just a matter of what my priorities were. And then I had kids and those priorities shifted completely. And it was finding a whole new balance in my life and in my career as an athlete and trying to find the sweet spot of where I can fit my kids in and be a mom and then where I can go to the track and be an athlete and just be that athlete and not be the mom. Yeah. The balancing game. Mm -hmm. So what motivates you now to live your best life? My kids, kids are, they're a game changer. They have been for me anyways, in my perspective, they put things into perspective prior to having kids you know, I would go into a workout and it would be like a bad day at work. Never, nothing went right. I couldn't hit my split times. I'm feeling lethargic. I'm not feeling great. Prior to kids, I would have like, I would have dwelled on that. I wouldn't have been able to let that go. I would have let it run into like my personal life and, you know, not really been happy at some point I would have got over it. 
But then I had kids and I came home and I was like, well, there's no time to dwell on that. I got kids to take care of and they're so fun and they put a smile on my face and I like there was just no time to dwell. So those really small things weren't really that big of a deal in the end. It really showed me the value of my dreams of becoming an Olympic medalist. My 2016 games, I finished fourth just off the podium in the 800, like three one hundredths of a second away from a, from a medal. I didn't have kids at that point. And up until that point, everything was metal, metal, metal. This is my dream. This is what I want. And then I had kids and I realized very quickly, it's not about the metal. Although my goal still remains the same to achieve a medal, it's about the process. It's about the journey of getting that medal. It's the people I work with. It's the people I get to see every day. It's doing a job that I am so friggin' lucky to be able to do. And, you know, it just put things into perspective and kids, my kids make my world go around. They motivate me to be a better person and a better athlete and a better mom. Oh, I love it. So when you think about the process that you had to go through and, you know, you touched a little bit about dwelling on the negativity if you weren't able to hit your times and stuff, how are you stepping back from that now? I think if I could go back, like if I could go back in time and redo some things, I would not redo a lot. The only thing I would be more conscious of is the present moment and living in the moment and enjoying what I have and where I am and what I'm doing. There would be so many times that I would be like, I I love my job. I love to fly overseas and race. Like That's one of the best things I get to do about my job. And in the moment I would have people tell me, you know, like, enjoy it. It goes by so fast. And here I am, I'm 34, two kids, I'm more than a decade in a sport and I'm that person saying, enjoy it. It's going really fast. You need to like really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm, I'm that person. I'm that voice now. But I feel like when I was in that position, when I was younger, going through all of the stages of this, I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'll, I'll enjoy it. But no, I didn't really take time to soak up what I was doing and how amazing it was. And I think that's the only thing that I would change about going back is if I just took another 30 seconds, another moment just to like be present in what I was doing. Yeah, I get that. I'm sure it was quite busy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very busy. And and to my defense, maybe that's why I didn't have or didn't take that moment to do that. Um, time is a thief. Time goes so fast, especially now with kids. I, I can, any parent knows this, how fast time goes and how quickly they change. But as an athlete, looking back on the career that I've already had, it's like, holy crap, how did I do all that already? And I'm 34. I still feel like I'm 24. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I still feel like I can go out there and, and kick butt. But time just goes on. And it's, it's just this Again, go back to my kids. They put things into perspective. Life comes into perspective when you have kids. Like things just change. I don't know. How, I don't know how else to say it. No, I can relate to it because I think what you're touching on is the sense of 
not so much um, me, me, me. It's more like us, them, mm -hmm. their needs, their their wants. And you, when you see them growing up, you're just like, oh my gosh, how are you six? How are you five? Like, I remember yeah. holding you, you know, it's a newborn. So I get that. I definitely do. Mm -hmm. Melissa, do you have a morning ritual that you want to share with us? I wish I did, but right now it's, you know, either kids are waking, waking us up and it's a cup of coffee immediately and it's getting one out the door and the other one ready for the day. And that is pretty much my morning ritual right now. It's nothing glamorous. Coffee is either chug back or it's cold. I'll just have another one. It's not a big deal. I'll just have another coffee when they're all, you know, one's napping and one's in school. Um, but I wouldn't change it. But once they're out the door, you know, then I take my time, my hour and a half, whatever I need to get my workout in and, and in, in the space that I need to be in. My husband gets his time off, not his time off, his time to work out. He's off right now on paternity leave. That's why um, I said that he gets his time to work out. We're both happier humans and we are much better with each other when we can work out and have our own time to to just be us and just sweat a little bit. What makes you feel beautiful, Melissa? I love to have a good workout. And that post-workout glow, like after the red face and the purple face subsides and the sweat's gone, you know, you get in the shower and you get out and it's just like this fresh feeling. I love that. I love too when we can get dressed up and go somewhere. I love a formal event. You know, you get your hair and your makeup done. That makes me feel beautiful. Mm, thank you. What is your vision for the next year? That's a great question. So often my years are set around major running events, world championships, Olympics, Pan American Games. This year is different. I had my second baby in July of 2022. In October, I tore my meniscus and I just had it fixed. I just had it cut out. Um, at the in February. So I'm currently about six weeks post-op and I don't know if I can salvage a season out of what I've been out of what of what I have right now, given that we're already in April, you know, things are really starting to ramp up in the track and field world. On in that in that sense, my main goal this year is to be able to be healthy and to be strong. And to put my body back in a spot where it's able to train at that level. And I can put that demand on it. Outside of sport, I would love to explore options. At some point, sport's going to end. And I can't do this forever as much and as badly as I want to. I can't stay in this career forever. I'd love to explore, you know, find out what I have available. What, what skills do I have? Where, where do I see myself fitting in the work world? I'd love to stay in sport. I would love to give back to sport. I'd love to give back to youth and kids. And I think that allowing myself to give that opportunity to explore those things would be another goal this year. Mm -hmm. And when you think about giving back to youth or even you know, young girls that might have the desire or the mindset around 
running or even going to the Olympics in any sport, what two pieces of advice would you give them? I would tell them to trust the process, even though it's not going to be this linear line to the top. It's going to be very hilly. You're going to climb some mountains and you're going to be at the top one one time. And then the next time you're going to be at this very low valley because there's an injury or something didn't go your way. It's all part of the process. Don't rush it. Don't rush to the top because when you get there, it's so amazing. Just don't rush there. And my second piece of advice is enjoy what you're doing. Don't do this for anybody, anybody else but yourself. Have fun with it. I want you to be able to enjoy what you're doing in this to be fun. Because the minute that it stops being fun, it becomes a job and it becomes work. And sports shouldn't be a job and work. It should be fun. That's that, that's the bottom line from grassroots programs, right? This is very basic. Enjoy what you're doing. And of course, there won't always, you won't love it every single day. You won't even love it for a year. I went through that as an athlete too, you know, entering my first year of university. I was like, mm, do I really want to do this? Do I really love it? And then I found a love for it again because my coach just sparked this interest in it for me again. And I took off from there and my Olympic dreams were born. So just have fun and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Do you have a word that you lean into year after year. So I've had some interviews where, you know, ease and flow was a word or, you know, slowing down or gratitude. Do you have a word for 2023? I'm going to say being present. Present. Yeah. Like live in the moment. Don't rush time and don't, don't make time want to slow down. Just live in the moment that you're in. Yeah. Do you have a practice that supports you to be in the moment? I don't. No, not currently. I I find that my workouts alone are time for me just to live in the moment and 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 be. And then that sets me up really well for the rest of the day. And I try not to, as much as I am a planner and I'm, you know, everything, I'm a type A personality majority of my career up to this point is planned months in advance. And so I am a planner, but trying to plan what's necessary, but not the unnecessary stuff. Like I don't need to know the small details. Just let me know, like, am I, do I get holidays here? Am I traveling to Rome to race here? Am I going here to race the big things? Yeah. I like that. Cause I'm an A type personality too. And I find that not only working out, but meditating keeps me here and present. So I can definitely relate. What small wins can you celebrate today, Melissa? Oh, I love celebrating small wins. I can celebrate that I went for a run walk today. I ran for five minutes total of a 40 minute walk. That's a huge win for me. I'm not even calling that a small win. That's a big win. Yeah. I can celebrate the health of my family, of myself. We have a roof over our head. There's there's so much to be grateful for. It's true. It's so true. And Melissa, if your life was a novel, what chapter are you in right now? I'm somewhere in the middle, beginning to middle. I don't know how many chapters there are, but I'm going to say 
I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. There's still so much more to come, eh? Oh, I think so. And I'm excited for that. That's the, I'm excited for what's to come. You know, oftentimes as athletes, we spend so much time in this small space. We can only identify as an athlete. And I, I'm guilty of that too. I was only able to identify as an athlete. I did nothing else besides being an athlete or so I thought. And now that I, you know, have come out of that, I've matured a little bit. I'm in my thirties. I've had kids, you know, I'm looking towards what's next in my career. I'm starting to find out, no, you actually, I wear more hats than just being an athlete. And so it's being able to recognize that and not just identify as the athlete and letting myself open up and be like, you know what? I can be this person. I'm free to dream about what my next dream is and free to set goals that are off the track. And that's what's exciting for me because for so long I've been setting these goals that are very similar in nature every single year for the last 12 years. And now I get to set these very unknown, uncomfortable goals for myself. And that's exciting for me. Yes, I bet. And it and just hearing you speak about it, like your tone, you sound excited. What are three things you need every single day, Melissa? Three things I need. I need a cup of coffee. I knew you were going to say that. Every single day. Every single day. I need one cup of coffee minimum. I need the love of my family. I need, you know, hugs for everybody as they go out the door, kisses for everybody when they come in. I I want to hold on to that excitement. You know, when your little, little kids come home and they're just so excited to see you, I'm there right now and I'm not ready to let it go. So I need that at this point in my life. Yes. I love it. I love that excitement. And I need to be able to move. Whether that's on a bike, in a pool, on an elliptical, walking, running, Pilates, yoga, I need to be able to move every day. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite quote that you want to share with us or a poem or anything like that, that really resonates with you? My coach, my late coach, Dennis Farrell, before every race, especially, you know, when we got more on the professional level, we were competing against the world's best when I was ranked as one of the world's best. He would tell me, respect all, but fear none. And I, it has stuck with me for so long, even in places outside of sport. Don't be... Don't be afraid of something or someone because they may be be better or faster or they've done the job longer than you, but show them respect. And it's in, in my context in running, it's don't be afraid of your competitors, respect them, but don't be afraid of them. And I think it's so easily applied to any aspect in life. You know, you're going for a job, you respect your coworkers and you respect the level of the job, but don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to go after it and show your abilities and the skills that you have. You have so much to show. It's always stuck with me, that quote. It's a great quote. I wonder who said it. I don't know. It might be worth looking up. Yeah. If the sky rained one food, what choice would that be for you? Mm. It'd have to be... A fruit or a vegetable of some sort. I'm going to say tomatoes. 
Yeah, uh, we tomatoes. love tomatoes in this house. Yeah, we we love tomatoes. Um, you know, I I don't know. Tomatoes is my answer right now. It could okay. be different if it was like middle of the summer. Maybe it would be watermelon. Right. A fruit or a vegetable. I'll leave it at that. It could rain fruit and vegetables and I'd be quite happy. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put you through a quick rapid fire and it's just going to be a series mm-hmm. of questions and just answer it based on, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Self-acceptance is. Owning it. Owning it. Mm-hmm. How do you own it? You, you own what you're in. You own what you do. You are in control of you and your body. So own it. I like that. I'm grateful every day that I have my family. Mm. What is one thing people get wrong about being an elite athlete? That we make lots of money. (laughs) Is it because you're Canadian though? (laughs) I have heard that. I don't, I don't think it's because I'm Canadian, very truthfully. Um, I'm in an amateur sport. I'm not in a pro level. I'm not in the, you know, the big four. We're in a sport that you see every four years. And so oftentimes I get asked, are you a millionaire? Do you have a Lamborghini? Do you, are you rich? And the answer is flat out no. But I'm not in this sport for the money. I'm right. For very different reasons, right? So it's not about the money for me, but it's something that is very often mistaken. That okay. if you reach a certain level, you have money. And that's that's not what it's like in the Olympic level sports. I would say majority of the athletes are like just above the poverty line. Like they're just making rent. It's not it's not as glamorous as it may seem. It's interesting. I wonder why it's not as glamorous. I mean thousands of people are tapping in, you know, going to the events, paying ridiculous prices for these tickets. Why isn't it? Because I don't think in amateur athletics anyways, that we're seeing the kickback from the ticket sales or from the amount of people viewing the, 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 the event, right. In the major sports leagues, like NBA, NFL, right. MLB, NHL, like those are big events those are like they have money but in amateur sports olympic level sports we have about we have our government funding we have some funding from other sources and then there's sponsors if you're lucky and fortunate then you're able to you can make a living off of it but i would guess majority of the people at the olympics aren't making a living off of being an olympian it is truthfully just to fulfill a dream of being an Olympian. It's not for money. Yeah. How do you keep your mindset free from self-judgment, the critic? Um, I don't know if I have an answer for you. I think I really lean into my support system. My husband in, in particular has been a huge support system for me throughout my entire career, just as a runner, but also just as my person. And he has been very helpful in guiding me through my life, whether that's self-judgment or positivity or failure. Um, He's always 
he's always had my back. He will always want me to win and he will always want me to be the best that I can be up to the standard that I want. And having him is, is how I stay grounded. Oh, that's lovely. And I love that um, because sometimes, you know, we don't have that. So that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any last piece of inspiration you could leave the listeners and I with? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Yeah. I, I think I'll go back to what I said near the beginning is to be present in the moment because it goes by so quickly. No dream is too far-fetched. No goal is too far-fetched. If you can, if you can work with the peaks and the valleys to get there, because it will never be a linear path, whether that's to a COO job or the Olympic podium, it's never going to be a linear path and just expect that there will be peaks and valleys. And again, be in the moment with those because those are really valuable learning opportunities. That's where I learned a lot of things about my body as an athlete and the zones and the, the, the things that the power that it had was in those times when I had to actually slow down and take a breath because I was injured. So I guess it's just live in the moment and enjoy it for everything that it is because it will go by so quick. Mm -hmm. Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And I'm just grateful to be able to have you on the show. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Ladies, thank you for sticking around to the end. I'm sure each and every one of you found some value or some nuggets of aha moments that you're going to walk away from and maybe implement into your life one way or another. You may be looking for coaching support. I'm actively taking new clients, so don't hesitate to reach out. My contact details are in the show notes. You may have a friend or a family member who has been going through betrayal and the mixed roller coaster of emotions that come with it, please recommend The Other Side of Infidelity. It is a ebook that has been thoughtfully organized with strategies and ways for women who have faced infidelity to reimagine their future and get on the other side of infidelity. Until next week, ladies, continue to aim for you and be well.